welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're joined by the CEO of Network Communications, Mike Jeffs. Mike's also in charge of the Australian Christian Channel on Foxtel. Uh, the message tonight is on the favour of God. It's a message I've um, shared for the last couple of years in various uh, forums. And it's one that's created a lot of interest. And I remember uh, probably about 80 months ago sharing the business breakfast with Wesley. And um, it, he's just asked me to share it again because I think it um, provoked a lot of thinking and a, a lot of people were impacted by it. So uh, it's normally about a 40-minute message, so I'll try and condense it down to a half an hour. Uh, and uh, we'll go through it uh, as, as of now. So I guess with the favour is an interesting word. And um, the background to this message came as... I was reading um, the, the Word uh, just over a period of time. I, I read the Bible each year and go through it each year. And I, I, this particular year, I just a couple of years ago, I was struck by the word favour. And it really got me searching and researching. And I bought a lot of books on favour and um, did that sort of background checking on it and came up with some interesting, um, um, I guess, ideas and thoughts about the word favour and applying, I guess, my own life journey into it. And, and this is the, I guess, in a sense, is the message that I've lived and breathed for the last few years, and it's one that I'm, I trust will, will, will help impact your hearts and lives too. So the definition of favour is this: a state of being approved or held in high regard. And I think, I guess, when you say those words, it's something we'd all like to aspire to: be held in high regard and um, being being uh, recognised as men and women of God who who just. Um, you know, walk with the favour of God in their lives. And all through Scripture, there are just um, so many references uh, to men and women who had the favour of God in their lives. And you look at Joseph, Moses, Ezra, David, Esther, Nehemiah, Mary, just to, just to be a just to name a few. And um, they, 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 there's some fascinating stories about each one of those. But it was also stated in each of their cases that the hand of God's favour was upon their lives to fulfil the purposes through them. And um, I guess it was just a... The, you know, favour was their hallmark. That's the way they lived their lives, and it was something that they were held in high regard, and they achieved the purposes of God as He set them, set the work for them to do. And it's also recorded in Scripture, time and time again, that the Lord's favour was upon people's lives, not only the ones I've mentioned. And I guess the question is, does God's favour still fall on people's lives today? And obviously, the, the, the answer to that question is yes. But why some and not others? That's the big question. And it's one that got my mind working and thinking about it, and that's why I did a lot of research and developed this message through it. And one classical Bible character that we can learn a lot from in this regard was Noah. And um, he, yeah, he's a fascinating character. When you, Again, when you look into his story and into his life, I think we find the keys of what the favour of God is all about in our in our own daily lives and it says in general I'm going to probably be quoting a lot of scripture tonight so you can just look at this in your leisure but in Genesis 6 verses 8 and 9 it says these words Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked with God that's quite a powerful verse and one when you um, dwell on it and meditate on it it is quite provoking and one that uh, I must confess I spent a lot of time over myself but the but there are key elements to discover in this verse to uh, what I believe the favour of God on our lives. So let's look at that. The first one is, the first key is righteousness. And it's not a complicated thing, righteousness. It simply means to do the right thing. Um, just being a, a good person in all that you do. And there's a couple of verses that you may like to look at later. One is Psalm 
Psalm 18.24, the Lord, and it says this, the Lord rewards those according to their righteousness. Again, just doing the right thing. And in Isaiah 64, verse 15, you come to the help of those who gladly do what is right. So to me, um, God desires his children, his people, to, to, to be righteous and do the right thing. And I think the, the verse in the Bible that sums up what a righteous life is all about is Micah 6 and 8, which says this, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. And to me, if we apply that verse in terms of what righteousness is all about, we get the keys to living a righteous life. So let's look at just those three key um, uh, aspects of righteousness, which is firstly is to act justly. And to me, that is basically the, the old golden rule, to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Don't discriminate or be biased in your, your dealings, particularly in a, in a business sense. To be open and fair-minded in all your relationships. Uh, and to be a person of understanding. And one of the um, my mentors in my uh, over my life always... Um, stressed upon me in, in my early years that when you're in business and when you're involved in situations and sometimes there are difficult situations you're involved in business, he said always stand in the other people's shoes. Put yourself in their shoes and, and, and try and um, work through their eyes as to how to deal with the situation you're facing. And that's, um, to me, that's acting, acting justly and looking, being balanced in how you handle circumstances and situations. And to be a person who you can trust and rely on. And there's um, many examples in business where, you know, just as um, you have your own business dealings, you like to deal with people you can trust and rely on. That's the way you like to, to operate your own business and your own lives, and it's so it's so, it's so important in the kingdom sense to do that. So to act justly and also to love mercy, and I have to confess this is probably one of the areas that I I'm still working progress on. It's one of not, mercy is not my strongest suit in, the, in, in, in my giftings, but it's one I'm working on and being and in saying that probably being more more and more conscious about those around me. And I think um, uh, mercy is all about taking notice and caring for others, putting the needs of others before your own. And it says in First uh, Corinthians ten twenty four, no one should seek his own good, uh, but the good of others. And I think if we apply that in our families, in our church life, in our business life, I think we would see quite a transformation take place in the way we do things, putting others first in everything we do. Going out of your way to help and care for others, to go the extra mile, just be like the, the, the heart of the Good Samaritan. Uh, he stood out in the crowd because he went the extra mile to help someone who didn't necessarily um, fit the bill or maybe uh, was not part of the, the group you hang out with or want to associate with, but be a good Samaritan in your heart to, to, to reach out and help others in times of need. And, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the things that we should be doing, looking how can, if we're not in uh, operating in a mercy mold, how can we... Um, do something about that. And some little, I'm, I'm actually on the board of compassion, and I think one of the greatest ways that we can, uh, in business, can um, uh, you know, develop a mercy gift is simply by you know, sponsoring a child in a, in a third world country that has got no future and no hope. But if we can just sponsor them on a monthly basis, I, I've seen in my own eyes the impact that that, that has in just seeing that child you know, breaking the poverty cycle, but not only her, but her whole family. So little things like that can make a huge difference, and it's just a way of developing a mercy gift. There's a quote that says, the higher people are in the favour of God, the more tender they are. 
So in having developing the favour, you have a tender heart and, and look out for the interests of others. So mercy is important. And the um, the third one that um, uh, key in, in Micah six passage was to walk humbly with our God. And can I say that the, the right from the outset, pride is the greatest impediment to having God's favour in your life. Uh, you know, it's it's and religious pride is probably the worst thing you can have. So. Walking humbly is a very important aspect to, I believe, you know, having the, the favour of God in your life. God, with, God withdraws His favour when pride enters, and uh, one of the wonderful examples of um, um, walking humbly before God is in, found in the, the Book of Kings and Chronicles, where it talks about the different kings. Those that walk humbly, God's hand of favour is on. Those that didn't, He withdrew His hand of favour, uh, and. King Manasseh is a great example. It says in 2 Chronicles 33.12, In his distress he sought the favour of the Lord and humbled himself greatly. And the Lord was moved by his entreaty. But the story of Manasseh is, a, is a, an interesting one because he was, such a, he was one of the most wickedest kings that ever existed. And he did so much evil in the sight of the Lord, so much so that he sacrificed his own son to the god Moloch. And so, you know, if a man can humble himself before God after doing all those sorts of things and God heard his, heard his um, entreaty and was moved by that and, um, and allowed his favour to be poured back in his life, then God can do that for anyone. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful example to us all. So humility uh, is a very important aspect of walking, having the favour of God in our lives. So living a righteous life, the first prerequisite in having God's hand of favour on your life. And righteousness is made up of those uh, three elements of being justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly before our God. Let me just talk about um, three verses, and I, I won't even mention to them, but I'll just um, give you the references so you can look them up. There's Isaiah 3.10, Isaiah 26.7, and Isaiah 32.17 uh, all talk about uh, being uh, righteous and living a righteous life and giving you some great insights into living a righteous life. Okay, the second... Um, key to experiencing God's favour in your life is living a blameless life and I think um, to have um, that on an epitaph at the end of our lives would be an amazing statement to, that this person, ex, uh, Joe Bloggs, lived a, lived a blameless life. I know I, that couldn't be said of me and it couldn't be said of many of us but if that was said of Noah, that is an amazing testimony to the, the, the person he was and the way he walked his life before God. So for that statement to be made, I believe that, uh, and I think it's proved in Scripture, that Noah lived a life that was pure and holy. Noah, Noah was a man that was respect, respected. He was a man of integrity. He let his yes be yes. He, he honoured his word, even when it hurts, as it says in Proverbs. You know, honour your word, even if it hurts. And particularly in a business sense, sometimes we make um, business transactions that we regret later, but you have to um, honour your word and ca you know, carry those out. That's what uh, being a man of integrity is all about. There was no falsehood or compromise in his life. You recall in Noah's day, there was um, the world's ungodly place, and so much so that God wanted to destroy it. So it wasn't a good place to be. And um, so Noah had to live in the midst of that ungodly, but he never compromised. He didn't partake of the world. He, he, he set himself apart to be uh, a child of God. He was a man who was diligent in his calling. You know, when you recall, it uh, took hundreds of years to build the ark, and he had to get up every morning to face another, putting another plank on the ark or whatever he had to do. He was very diligent. He never, he never once not carried out the work that he was called to do. And Noah stood up for what he believed in. And again, after, after hundreds of years of building the ark, he never once wavered from what God called him to do. 
And so being diligent and um, standing up for what you believe in uh, and being holy and pure is what a blameless life is all about. So that's an important aspect of what we're living with faith and having God's favour in your life is all about. The third key um, is to walk with God. And that's, an, that's an amazing statement itself. But when you look up the um, Greek in that, um, that passage and go back to the, the root words of um, walking with God, what it actually means is, uh, is to have a life in habitual fellowship with God. You know, so you're constantly uh, fellowshipping in God and what with, in God with what you're doing. And to me, habitual fellowship is made up of two key elements. The first is is faith, and secondly, the other one is developing godly habits and discipline. So let's look at the the, the aspect of faith. You know, it's, faith is something that um, I guess we uh, sometimes we take for granted. But it's not till you step out in faith and actually uh, trusting in God 100%, you, you discover what faith is all about. And, even in my own um, Christian walk and business walk, and you know, I grew up in the church, so I thank God for my heritage and my Christian faith and parents. But there came a time when we had to start network communications, and I had to step out and leave the security of my previous employment and totally trust God. Everything I had at that point in time was, you know, on the line. I had to step out and just trust God completely, and that's and that's walking in faith when everything is on the line. And it says in Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Noah knew what it was like to embark on the apostle, didn't he, when he committed to building the ark. You know, he probably um, didn't understand what his full mission in life was, but he just trusted God and said, okay, Lord, if you spoke, you told me to do this, I'll do it. And he did that, I, I believe, with um, probably many people criticising him, uh, belittling him, um, just um, you know, ridiculing him, but he never wavered. He um, stayed true to the call. And Noah had done something that had never been done before. So again, sometimes God might ask you to do something, and it's a huge step of faith. And, and that's our, again, the, the, our own testimony, my own personal testimony. God asked us to establish Christian television in the nation, had no background, no experience in that field. Uh, and it was quite intimidating to, to think of the magnitude of that, that call of God. But we, um, again, in faith, we just stepped out, simple little step of faith, and I used the, the term, you talked about a mustard seed in the Word of God. I said, you know, I, I tell the story, it's only a quarter, I had a quarter of a mustard seed of faith, but that's all God needs is a little bit of faith. He can do the rest. And um, in Isaiah 7, verse 9, it says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So it's, it's vitally important to, to stand in uh, in your working uh, situation, in your, in your church, in your family. You know, stand up for what you believe in and never falter. And then quite simply, I've just sort of said, you know, the little principle is faith equals favour. And uh, when we um, embarked on um, establishing network communications, which is an Optus dealership, that um, brought, the, brought us in relationship with Optus. And when the pay TV industry was announced, Optus bought one of those licences. So it was through that relationship and the favour of that relationship that got opened the door to establishing Christian television in the nation. And one of the things that uh, I, I still um, smile about and give God all the glory for is when we got the final go-ahead to, um, to go to air, we didn't have any equipment, we didn't have a lot of resource, we had only a little bit of money in the bank, but um, that day when we went to sign the contract, um, they, they said to us, look, we've got this excess of, uh, of equipment here, we don't need it, could you do that, could you use that? And I just... Um, you know, smiled in, in, internally because uh, that equipment we're still using today and got us started. 
So they're the sorts of things when you step in faith, God adds his favour and he does the impossible. Uh, and faith is like a muscle that needs to grow and, and develop. And I think, you know, when you um, see people who go to, to a gym and they, they, they start on a maybe a program to get fit, when they first start, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, not, they're, they're underdeveloped. But once you start getting in that habitual fellowship of uh, habitual um, daily routine of doing the exercise, you, you, you start to strengthen the muscles and you start to become fit and you start to see improvement over time. And I think that it's the same spiritually. When we start to develop our faith muscles, uh, over time we start to you know, become strong in our faith and our walk and, and, you know, and can achieve great things for God as a, as a result. Developing godly habits and disciplines is the second aspect of um, living a blameless life and walking with God. And, and Noah was a person who knew what it was to have a close and intimate relationship with God his whole life. He would have, he would have had to, in terms of what God called him to do. And again, in the midst of sin and ungodliness, his life and the life of his family stood out. Undertaking the task the Lord asked Noah to do would have been, by necessity, required the establishment of daily habits and disciplines. It was no, it was no small undertaking. And those little daily habits made a huge difference, I believe, when, when the, the ark was completed over many years of just being faithful in the small, trusting in much. That's the principle. So again, you must draw the distinction. You, you must be disciplined of the heart, not of the mind. So in a spiritual sense, you, you, you need to develop, the, I guess, the, um, the mind ability to, to say, yes, I'm committed to this course, but it's also a heart a commitment as well to, to ensure that you, you're doing it for the right motivation. What are some of the daily habits and disciplines that we should have? And, and look, I'm just applying some of the things that I've applied in my life over the years and I've found that um, really work and make a difference. And you know, some people might look at me and say, I've got you know, some degree of success in my life, but I would just come back to these little things that I'm going to share with you now, little keys, little elements of uh, my, uh, my, my daily walk and my daily disciplines with God. And firstly is um, yeah, daily prayer and reading the Word. I've, I've, one of the things that um, I've been doing now for the last 16 years is just getting a yearly Bible, and each each um, day you read a portion of the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb. And you know, by the end of the year, you've read the whole Bible, and, you've, and I've got lots of notations in my Bible, my yearly Bible, where God has just spoken to me um, through His Word on that particular day for the for the word that I needed. To me, another discipline is being involved in your local church. I believe it's vitally important to be committed to a local church. If if our God referred to the church as his bride, it, it means it has a very important part in his heart. So therefore, we must regard it as, as something precious and something to be involved in. Being generous in spirit and heart, you know, you know, having a generous spirit and also in every aspect of our life, particularly in the area of giving and tithing and making sure that we recognize that our resource is not our own, it's God's. We're just entrusted with the responsibility of managing whatever money that we may come through our hands or through our bank account, recognise that they're his, they're, they're his, not ours, and being generous with that resource that he's given us. And, you know, diligence and a desire for excellence. So to me, it's, um, it's so important. And Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, whatever you, your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. So you know, have the desire to be diligent, excellent in everything you do. Keeping a right heart attitude, not having a critical spirit, uh, to me, that is a discipline that we need to have. Uh, watch what you watch. Uh, and watch what you read. Uh, I'm, you know, there's so much on um, the internet these days that you can easily be sidetracked. And uh, I just made a covenant with God many years ago not to go on the internet anywhere where it would be dishonour to His name. And uh, you know, I've just over the years I've just come across so many people who've been sucked into you know, ungodly things on the on the net that you've just got to draw the line in the sand straight away and never go there. And 
praise God, that's something I've always I've, I've maintained that covenant, and I think it's again just another reason why uh, God you know pours His favour out in our lives when we do these sorts of things. Controlling what you say and what you talk about. There's power of life and death in your tongue. So make sure that uh, you're always speaking life and not death that's coming out of your, out of your mouth. Uh, having the favour of God in your life will open doors no man can open and you'll experience miracles that will defy imagination. And I have to say that has been my testimony. I've just seen God open miraculous doors that no man could open. The fact that there's a 24-hour Christian channel beaming out the gospel you know, across our nation today is, a, is an amazing miracle that, that God opened. Men didn't do it, God did it. But he did it through you know, um, you know, his people, but he did it through his favour being on his people. And I did, I've just looked out the miracle, I've looked out the, 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 the journey, and I've seen that time and time again, God comes through when... Things are maybe 11th hour, or maybe look, things are a bit bleak, but uh, if, if God's hand of favour is upon you, he, he will always honour the call of God upon your life. Let me just finish with a, a quote that an Italian master uh, once asked of the king that he was commissioned to do some work for. Give me a job so I can wholeheartedly devote myself to it with love and with skill. Then it is no longer a job anymore because it becomes an art and expression of love. Our King has called us to do a job. May it be one that is an expression of our love to our Lord and Master and to serve our, our, our God with the very best that we can in all that we do. So I hope that um, some of those words and examples will encourage you and as you do your own research, um, discover that God's hand of favour on your life. Is such a, it can be such a real and tangible thing if you apply these principles in what you do day by day. So God bless you. Trust this is an encouragement to you this week. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.